It's time for episode number 10 of Precipe Your Luck. This week, we talk about the yakitori nanbansu we made last week. And then we talk about how we're going to change the podcast and the Precipe Your Luck game going forward. I'm Ian, and here's Kate. Hi, everyone. How y'all doing this week? Um, so I went to my first event this week as a representative of AP Counseling and Yoga, a private therapy practice I work at. Most of the people there already knew each other. It was um, part of the eating disorder community. And, you know, it's always a little awkward to break into conversations with people who, who've known each other a long time. But this was an opportunity for me to work on my self-care, my anxiety management, and my general social awkwardness. Uh, lately, I've been reading a lot of Kristen Neff's self-compassion work, so I tried to channel the three elements of self-compassion into, into my evening. So the first element is self-kindness. I reminded myself that breaking into established communities is tricky and it's okay to feel less than 100% confident. I reminded myself that in, that in general, people like me. And I can just be myself. I don't have to pretend to be somebody else or smarter than I am or in a different place in my life than I actually am. Uh, I looked at the visibly public. I don't want people to think I was rifling through private things (laughs) at visibly public bookshelves in the counselor's office offices and found comfort in the fact that I have a lot of the same books. So I'm on track for where I want to go with my career. And I reminded myself that no matter what happened when I got home, There'd be puppies and maybe Ian, because Ian was out that night too. Um, But definitely puppies. I also did not end up, I did not use any maladaptive coping skills like drinking too much. I didn't have anything to drink because I just didn't. Um, Or making myself seem like something I'm not. So I was really proud of how well I use self-kindness. Very good. The second element is common humanity. No particular order in the element, guys. Just this is how I always think of it in my own head. Uh, When we feel alone in in a crowd, it's easy to fall into the trap of believing you're always going to feel like that. And you're never going to make connections. And that you're just an outsider who doesn't belong. Um, So so I was trying to avoid that with with some good self-talk. Fortunately, this office also had therapy dogs. And it is so easy to get people to talk about their dogs. When a therapy dog comes up to someone, go, oh, you know, I love dogs. I love dogs, too. Oh, do you have dogs at home? Tell me about your dogs. Boom. You're talking about something people love. People are passionate talking about their dogs. You might seem a little nutty talking about your own dogs. I try and crush my nuttiness down, but it doesn't always (laughs) work because they're my puppies, and they're the best puppies. Um Oh, can we just change the theme of the podcast to talking about our dogs, Ian? Because I think <laughs> yeah. that'd be awesome. Whole new podcast. A whole new podcast. So I ended up talking to this woman for a while, um, and this is someone I'd never met before, about the grief following the loss of dogs. That's a real connection with someone when you can open up about, about that. Because a lot of people like to, a lot of people will minimize their grief because, you know, it's just, quote unquote, just a dog. But that grief is real. So that's a real human connection when you can share that human experience of loss. Um, and also, you know, this week's Handmaid's Tale is one of the better episodes this season. No spoilers. So, you know, I found a couple ways to connect with people. 
And just being in a room with people who care about the same things that I care about and see the world in a similar way was affirming. Uh, next time I see them all, I know it'll be even easier. I might even remember a couple names. Probably not. Uh, the last element is mindfulness. So there were a lot of people in this facility. Um, it was, it's an old house down in uptown Dallas. It's gorgeous. And, but the crowd and the noise and the heat sometimes got a little bit overwhelming. So I stepped away from the crowd the best I could without looking like a weirdo. And I took a few deep breaths and did a quick body scan meditation practice. Obviously, it wasn't a deep meditation, but just enough to check in with myself and create a mind-body connection, which helped create an internal calmness. So overall, I'm pretty pleased with my efforts. Not too, not in the not-too-distant past, I would have just figured out a way to weasel out of going at all or sat in a corner all anxious and awkward and looking at my watch the whole time. This time it was just awkward. Hey. That's an improvement. That's right. You know, I'm kind of an awkward person until I feel really comfortable. That's okay. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. That is the authentic me. Very true. Yeah. So, Ian, you're traveling next week, going somewhere to meet more people in your, the giant company you work for. That's right. How are you going to practice some self-compassion? Um, Do you know? Have you thought about it? Have I inspired you? Yeah, a little bit for sure, right? Um, I know for me... Um, some of it is, and I know, and I, I know I've read this before. People talk about who are you know sort of naturally introverted talk about, um, like it's 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 okay being in the crowd, okay meeting new people, but then it's like it's like you need like then after that you need some time. You need some time to be by yourself and kind of you know yes. Right. So, so that's part of it for me. Definitely. is just making sure I have some time to, you know, like go back to my hotel room in the evening, be by myself, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, uh, get away from, from all of that for a little bit. Um, and then other than that, yeah, just, uh, kind of like much like you, right. I, I, you know, I've tried to make an effort over the past few years to get better at talking to people who I'm not, you know, familiar with who I'm not already close with and mm-hmm. and also um just you know trying to stay positive on the trip and and think of the trip as a you know as a way to continue to practice that sort of thing as opposed to you know trying and as opposed to just dreading oh I got to meet all these new people and be in all these uncomfortable situations right so, and when you go into a situation like that where you're like oh this is gonna suck well yeah it is now right <laughs> <laughs> But you don't want to shut yourself off from that experience because that would diminish your career growth, which is something that's, you know, important to you. You have a Mm -hmm. job now that this is the kind of job you wanted, even though it comes with new challenges and new hassles and takes you a little bit out of your comfort zone. You are going to be better off. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Even if you push through it and fail spectacularly, you're still going to be better off because you did it. Yeah, that's true. But you won't fail. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, and you're you're in a supportive company. They're not setting you up to fail. Oh, no, no. Yeah. So, and there's comfort in that, too. Of course. Okay. So, that was self-compassion talk. Big believer. <laughs> I feel like it's really moved, you know, it's really pushed some levers in my life. And, um, yeah, being kind yeah. to yourself. Who, do, who would thunk? Hey. 
Hey. Sometimes it's the simple ideas. Uh, so moving on to last week's meal, our listeners split between the stir-fried lo mein noodles with pork and vegetables, which did look yummy, and the steak sandwiches with roasted tomatoes, parmesan, and radicchio, which also looked yummy, mm-hmm. uh, neither of which we picked. Ian, can you remind us what we went with? Yes, we picked the sweet and sour grilled chicken skewers, yakitori nanbansu. Nanbansu is a sweet and sour Japanese sauce, dip, and marinade made from soy sauce, vinegar, mirin, and sugar. It's very popular as a sauce for fried chicken, but it makes an excellent marinade for yakitori, grilled chicken skewers, too. Uh, so where did we buy the ingredients? Central Market. Uh, we had them, I think we had everything but the chicken on, in hand, though. Oh, and the rice vinegar. We had oh, and a the bunch rice of other vinegar. kinds of vinegar, okay. but not yeah, that we have, Yeah, we have... I think we have like a hundred bottles of balsamics. I keep forgetting. <laughs> None of not high quality balsamic. None no. of that seventy dollar balsamic. But okay, yeah, we bought the chicken at Central Market and the vinegar. Yeah. Okay. And oh, so- I'm sorry, Ian. You pretty much made this whole meal. <laughs> I have it all written out and still messed up. Uh, how do we deviate from the recipe? Uh, we really actually didn't deviate hardly at all. Uh, there, there were a couple of optional spices you could add at the end for a little heat. We didn't use any of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the base recipe, we actually made it exactly as written. We just added some uh, pineapple and rice as side dishes. Yum. Okay. Well, how long did it take? So it was a few minutes the night before we to mix up the marinade and cut up the chicken. Uh, a couple minutes in the morning to start the marinade because it, it recommended eight hours for the marinade, so we didn't. I didn't want to let it go overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we cut the chicken up the night before and had it ready to go. So in the morning, all we had to do is dump the marinade in the chicken, uh, let it marinate all day, and then came home, started the grill heating up, and put the chicken on skewers while while the grill was heating up. So uh, this was a really quick meal. Yeah, that's how I remember it too. Uh, so how was the cleanup? It was easy, you know. It, it was it was super simple. Excellent. Uh, leftover potential? Yeah, I could see cutting up that leftover chicken and putting it on a salad the next day for lunch. Oh, or that's true. That'd probably be pretty my good. My parents turn all leftover meat into nachos or quesadillas. So if you want to go fusion with your quesadillas, <laughs> I guess that would work. All right. And uh, so what the results? What do you think? Uh, I liked it. I didn't love it. I liked it. Uh, we did have it with the grilled pineapple and rice, and I thought it was very complimentary with that. Uh, I wish we'd added some of those extra spicy stuff, which if we make it again, I would I would probably add that. Uh, we have okay. another dish we make, that the teriyaki chicken thighs from the Cook's Illustrated Cookbook, and it's not better than those. So I don't know if I would... Pick them yeah, over that. I mean this. This is definitely this meal is definitely a little easier. It and was little, easier and a little quicker than that meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree that you know if, if I was picking between the two meals, that I like the other the teriyaki chicken thighs that we do better. Yeah, but um, if we had to make a bunch of chicken skewers for a crowd, I would go to this recipe. Uh, yeah, I thought about that at one point too. Like this would be a good recipe for a crowd. You could mm-hmm. probably make enough for six or eight people pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, again, I, it was a. A very nice recipe, a fine recipe, just not... Uh, didn't blow... It didn't roll yeah. your socks up and down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the chicken was really moist. You did a good job cooking it. I only had dark meat. You had a mix of mm-hmm. dark and white, which we kept on... Which we had on segregated skewers <laughs> per the recipe's yeah. instructions. How was the white meat? 
Uh, it was good. It uh, I I think the dark meat was better. Uh, but well, the, but yeah. The, but the white meat was pretty good too. Dark meat is always better. Oh, speaking of which, so I read this article. Thinking about this when we were picking our thighs out, I read this article several years ago about how Americans prefer white meat. So we have all these all these dark meat pieces, and we've been selling them to Russia. One more way Putin's gotten gotten <laughs> He's a leg put another up on one us. over on us. I know. First our elections, now our chicken thighs. Okay, that bastard. Yes, this must stop. So I, that has been really forefront of my mind all week. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I need um, I, I need something to occupy my time. I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I really would make this for a crowd though, because oh, yeah. I did like how quick it all came together. Yeah, yeah. If you want something that's you know, uh, just you know, got that got the little bit of the asian flavors but it's not overwhelming and it's quick and easy and comes together in a hurry yeah it's yeah. a fine choice okay uh anything else you want to add about about this recipe uh i don't think so okay well we don't have meals to choose from for next week we're out of emails and i guess serious eats isn't wah, going to bring them wah. back i know so ian is traveling next week as we mentioned and we're going to use our time apart to start creating our own list of recipes we're interested in trying. Uh, please submit anything you, you want us to try. We are open to anything. It doesn't have to be quick meals. Uh, we are also, There will be cookie recipes on the list. Ooh. Only food for human consumptions, though. We're not people who make food for our dogs, except yeah. in desperate situations. <laughs> we are also going to be taking next week off due to Ian's travel schedule. And for the rest of today's episode, we're going to discuss one of the most versatile cuts of meat in our regular rotation, the pork shoulder. Ah, yes. Yes. Ian and I have made a top five list of our pork shoulder applications. Uh, I was, and I think there will be some poor pork shoulder options listed on, um, on our new recipe selection. So, Ian, what's number, do you want to start from the bottom and go up or from the yeah, let's start with number five. Okay, number five. What's your number five? I went with the uh, the pressure cooker pork ragu as my number five. Okay, I went with carnitas as my number five, which might not be fair because we haven't had them in a while. But yeah. I wonder if there's a reason we haven't had them in a while. Well, I, I think I know our, our I think our orders are going to be different, but I have a feeling we probably have the same probably. five meals and. Uh, Three of them are, you know, Tex-Mex. Yeah, we love so, Tex-Mex. We do, but I think that's I think that's part of why I think I think we're gonna we both have Carnitas as the lowest ranked of the three Tex-Mex. So I think that may be why that's probably the one we make Maybe. least often. Well, we but made it a lot. Good. It's one of the first recipes we really started making a lot when we made a concerted effort to um, bump our our home cooking up a notch. That's true. And we used the Cooks Illustrated Carnitas recipe. And it's been pretty no fail. It means yummy. It's just, oh, yeah. I think we got a little burned out on it. Yeah. And since we got a pre- since we got a pressure cooker, we've also made it made a pressure cooker style carnitas. Yeah, I think too. I like the other one better though. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. okay. So for the pork ragu, which is my number four. Okay, and the carnitas are my number four. So oh, okay. we just had our fours and fives. So split. let's talk about the pork ragu. Okay. I, I like. I really like the pork ragu. 
it's a really cool sauce to go over pasta, mm-hmm. right? It, it really develops a very deep and interesting flavor in the in the pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I enjoy it a great deal. I do too. It's um, and it's just a little different from the ground beef. We we are not. Yeah, our Tex-Mex is on fleek, but not so much anything else. <laughs> so <laughs> I know I'm like. 10 years old, too old and five years too late to use that term. I don't care. Use it anyway. I liked it. Um, so our Italian cooking is not super diverse, but it's still something different than the ground beef red sauce. Yeah. So right. that's why I like it. Yeah. All right. So okay. what do you have for number three? I had tacos al pastor. Ooh. I have the roast pork at number three. Yeah, I think we're going to have some discussions about how your pork choices. So let's talk about your choice for the roast pork. Okay. Is this Kenji's recipe? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Although it's not my, dissimilar mind, from the Cook's Illustrated. Yeah, one. we have we yeah, we have two or three that are very similar. I do think the best one is the one where you actually get the pork shoulder that still has the skin on it and, yeah. and do it super long and slow in the oven and get the crisp the skin super crisp that's definitely my favorite of the the roast pork recipes but i like all of them i mm-hmm. mean they're they're all good and and i really do love the whole you know we keep the seasoning real basic mm-hmm. on the initial cook because then and, we can do and then, other yeah, things with take it. the leftovers freeze them and then you can yeah use them in a lot of different applications i really i really do love the roast pork but i I put that under the umbrella pulled pork because all we ever do is put barbecue sauce on it. <laughs> That's that largely opinion. true, yeah. So tacos al pastor, did you have that on your list? Yes, that will show up later on my list. Okay. Is that, um, is that your number one? Yeah, it is actually. I love it. Uh, it is not higher on my list because of the obscene yeah. number of dishes. <laughs> Yeah, I was. You I, do the dishes next time we make it, and I'll see if it doesn't drop down your list a little. Well, I was about to say, yeah, I have it number one on my list, but we make it maybe once a year because it's for exactly that. Right? It is. It dirties every dish you own. <laughs> some I of think them it's, twice. Let's um, see. I think we use the Dutch oven, the blender, the fine mesh strainer, fine mesh strainer, fine mesh strainer, um, the grill. I. I don't know what else. At least four or five, you know, metal bowls in the middle. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it's and it, it takes all day, and it's it does there's braising and grilling and shredding and reheating <laughs> and oh yeah, it's it's a beast of a recipe, but it doesn't change the fact that it's so what one does of the it most taste delicious like? This is your so, number one. Yeah, right? this is yeah. yeah. I guess the best way I, I know how to describe it is it, the the sauce comes out so it's really rich and it's really earthy and it's one of those things where it's especially like if you know like we're both people who only like you know a little bit of spice not a ton of spice True. and I remember the first time we were going to make this I was really nervous about the number of like chili you peppers were and stuff. so nervous when I'm like that, Ian I found this recipe let's try it yeah you really were like. I I just I just the, just from the raw number of chilies in the recipe, I thought mm-hmm. it was going to blow my socks off. But you know, I guess they're all milder chilies or, or whatever, and so it's it's not it's only barely spicy. I would say when it's all done, but it's yeah. just it's really rich and earthy, and oh, just that sauce just 
it's to die for. And the grilled pineapple. Yes, I just of course we usually almost always serve it with grilled pineapple. That's because that's in the recipe for that. Oh, one. now it is. It? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it goes so well with the grilled pineapple. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, usually when we do grilled pineapple, we just like you know leave it in like skewers or chunks mm-hmm. on the side. But like that's the one where I think it's actually worth. We actually go through the hassle of chopping it up and making it into oh yeah how many into almost yeah. a salsa and putting it on top of the taco because it's so good that way and yes yeah like yeah we we go through a lot of cutting boards in that recipe too oh yeah right so yeah so it's yeah really it's good. it's an event you know, you got to be be ready you got it's going to take a whole day basically yes uh, especially when you factor in the dishes at the end but man it's worth it it really is we'll have to have those when you come back. Okay, so should we uh, should we discuss the number twos on our list? Sure. Mine was pulled pork, which includes the roast pork. Okay, and so the one that hasn't been mentioned yet, I guess, is going to be your number one. Then is Tinga's. Yes, and I did that for you because you love Tex-Mex. I also like the reusability. The Tinga's and pulled pork were one two for me because of the leftover potential. Yes. Yeah, so Tingas is one for us. So we basically always make enough for two meals worth, and the two meals oh, plus. Maybe first, I guess we should even say for pe- people who aren't familiar, Tingas is it's oh, basically it's so good. It's uh, it's shredded pork in a spicy tomato sauce. Yeah, essentially, it's uh, we a, use the Cook's Illustrated recipe for yeah. that. And uh, the mm-hmm. it's we typically when we make it the first night, we actually will freshly fry up some corn tortillas. Uh, you know, into into little shells to eat the the tingas from, and it's like tostada so, shells. Yeah, tostada shells. Thank you. That was the word I couldn't think of. Uh, and it's so good that way. So but good. then we usually put the other half in the fridge, and a few nights later we'll have it as a quick weeknight meal with just with a bag of Fritos, and it's almost as good. Almost with... as good. And if you're wondering if tingas goes really well with scrambled eggs, it does. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, that and. And the, the Tingas is a little bit of a pain, but nowhere near the level of pain of the, the tacos al, al pastor. Yeah. Right. Yep. So. For sure. And the pulled, I just like having the pulled pork. We make, um, we'll make a big pork shoulder, sometimes two pork shoulders at a time, shred it up, freeze it in individual baggies, which, yes, I feel guilty about the plastic use. That's a separate issue. Yeah. Um, but you have a meal that's really quick to, you know, a really quick meal. Just have to defrost it, heat yep. it up. You can put yep. it on a quesadilla. You can, yeah, there's a million things you can do with it. Mm-hmm. But mostly it involves barbecue sauce, baked potato. Oh, yeah. Baked potato is always good. <laughs> okay. So we, we had the same things on our list. I think we should at least try and find a couple other recipes to do with the pork shoulder since we love them so much. That's true. We haven't had a new pork shoulder recipe in a while. I know. It might be time. Might be. Uh, and so then I guess just again, I want to remind people if you we're, we're essentially going to start making our own, you know, sort of semi randomized lists of recipes to play recipe your luck with in the future. So if you have recipes you want to see, you know, get in the game, please send them to us. And uh, we'll make sure they get in the database. And, Absolutely. And uh, they may show up in a future episode. Yep. Anything else? Oh, we don't. We, we forgot to take pictures of our meal this week. So. Oh, yeah. Probably just be puppy pictures. Again. Grilled chicken on sticks. It's not too hard to imagine. <laughs> I painted you a word picture. 
All right. With that, uh, thanks for listening to Precipe Your Luck. Visit our website at www.precipeyourluck.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And please send us your recipe suggestions you'd like to see in our upcoming, uh, upcoming games of Precipe Your Luck. For Kate, I'm Ian. We're taking a week off, so we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye.